Hello and welcome to the Talking Bible Podcast episode 11. 11 episodes. Yeah, we're making it happen. <laughs> we are making it happen. Well, God's making it happen, but we're just here. Yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, today we're going to be talking about um, this thing that is happening right now in our culture. Um, it's called progressive Christianity. Uh, and it's an interesting thing because there's some good examples, some good takeaways that I think everybody can 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 take and they can use to uh, protect themselves from the enemy and, um, you know, ways that we need to read our Bible, that we need to read our Bible with context and we need to... Um, you know, listen, listen to God, and and really, really dig in. If there's if there's gray areas, you really have to dig into to just leaving that for God to figure out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that. And uh, but first, I am going to pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you for today. We thank you that you are a provider and that you are the one who gives us discernment, Lord. I just ask that um, you would just. Uh, give any any pastors that are struggling um, with with interpreting your word, Lord, that you would just give them understanding and that you would give them discernment and that you would give um, uh, their congregations discernment and, and the ability to listen to your voice, Lord, and just that you would be their sole provider of knowledge, Lord, um, and that we could go to your word without bias, without um, any preconceived notions, Lord, and we could just accept your word, uh, as the truth that it is, because you are what define us. You are the one that defines us, Lord. You are our creator, and we accept you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. How do we want to start this? What do you want to go into first? Well, I think first is probably a good idea to get like a, a baseline of what progressive Christianity is. And uh, I, before we start this, like we're going to bring up some of like the more outspoken progressive Christians um, that are kind of like a hot topic right now. If you were to go on, there's tons of debates and things going on between, um, uh, you know, evangelistic Christians and these progressive Christians. They've been having debates about what they believe and where we differ and everything like that. So we're going to bring up some names, but just for a framework, we're not saying that all progressives believe this, but but they're but the leading voices in their in this uh, line of beliefs do have some very outspoken and pretty pretty crazy, crazy beliefs. And so we're going to kind of try to dissect that, but a baseline for what progressive Christianity is, and at least what I, what, what I was able to find on it is just this idea that the old Testament of the Bible is the old, like all of the, um, uh, the original authors and the prophets, they all had their own experience of God. Then you have the new Testament, which is that times experience of God. And then they kind of move forward. And now the time that we're living in now with the, with culture and everything. Now this is our experience with God. And so it kind of hits, there's a lot of inconsistencies with it that, that I just want to outright say. And it's, it's, it's. Yeah. I think that's the way that they understand, but just for any of you guys out there listening, I think a, a good way to, they, so people who, who are, are in progressive Christianity define the word by their bias. Um, so they take the word of God and they use their own bias to define what something means. Um, and that's where you get a lot of the things in culture today where everybody says, well, uh, you, there's many different interpretations for this one thing right. um, where, you know, it clearly says thou shall not murder, yep. you know. 
um, and it is uh, re-emphasized over and over through Scripture, but yet they still say it's up to interpretation. Right. And I'm not saying there's a specific person out there, but for things that that are especially with, with certain sin, um, they use Scripture and their bias to uh, defend their own viewpoint. Right. Um, so yeah, and um, just want to go before we before we throw any names out there because we're just using these for examples. Um, we do want to let you know that we have prayed for them. Um, we are compassionate for them. We are we are wanting their congregation to understand and just just you know understand the love of God because yeah. I think when there's a bunch of like I've listened to podcasts before that just berate these people. But really what they need is the love of God. Right. Um, so, yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of a scary thing because I think as far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned, there's, there's, this, there's this difficulty. I was, I was reminded of uh, John, what is it? John 6, 67, where I believe it's Peter. So Jesus go, he's, he turns to his disciples, um, the, the crowd, he, and he immediately says to them, like, well, um, he basically rebukes them and rebukes their... Uh, here, I'll, I'll just read it. So, 667. And... So, this is this is after... Uh, so, this is after the feeding of the 5,000. And so, basically, the, the framework for this is Jesus turns to them and basically says that you are... You're here for the bread. You're not here for like the spiritual aspect of what's going on here. And he basically rebukes them and they turn away. And the disciples, his close disciples, the 12, are now left with a decision on whether they're also going to follow him. And Peter says something and he basically says, or I'm, not, I'm just going to read it. Um, but Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? And it's, it's, it's a small word, but it's, it's such a scary thing to think of people that are misinterpreting the Bible are... are misleading people where it's like, where else can they go for the truth? There's nowhere else that they can leave from the Bible. Now that they have this, this marred or, or misconstrued interpretation of the Bible, where else are they supposed to go to get the truth when yeah. they've, when they've now dissected the word of God to fit their narrative of what, of what, of to fit their, to fit their narrative. Instead of the Bible yeah. reading you, they are reading the Bible into, or they're, they're a lot, or they're reading their own personal views into the Bible. Well, yeah, yeah. And totally. Um, and it's and it, it's a tactic that the devil has been using since the garden. Yeah, you know the devil doesn't have the ability to create, but he has the the ability to twist the creation. Yeah. So if the devil can have a direct hand in twisting what the word actually says yeah. and mislead people, that's what he's going to do. And that's what he did with Jesus in the desert. Exactly. He used he used scripture to try and tempt Jesus. Yeah. So to think that the devil doesn't have knowledge of scripture, so he can go to script like like that nobody can taint what scripture says. Yeah. That's a false view. People are actively doing this yeah. in our culture to yeah. fit their own narrative. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Do you want to jump in? I, I do. I, I do. So like one of the main one of the main speakers that I've been like listening to and trying to understand like is there any validity in anything that he says that i i have to say that i i'd say no but um i i wrote down like kind of a list of some of the things that i like went through i was listening i probably listened to hours of of what he was some mm -hmm. of his speeches and debates and stuff like that one of the things he talks about is queer holiness 
Um, homosexuality is not a sin. He doesn't believe in hell. Open or polyamorous relationships are holy. Uh, uh, I got somewhere in here. Um, but okay, well, let's just stop there. Let's just stop there. And, <laughs> that's and, enough. <laughs> yeah, and so, that that's enough to be like, wow. Yeah, that's exactly, interesting. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, the so the interesting thing about about this, let's let's specifically talk just about the homosexuality thing, where you have. With, with some things, like what we were talking about, where God is very clear on some things in the yeah. Bible. It's very black and white. This very thing, clear. This thing is sin and this is not sin. Or like there's a right and a wrong way to do these things. Mm-hmm. And in certain areas where there is a gray area, we need to take the utmost care and yes. and be watching and, and weary of our steps where, where we choose to make a decision on these things because where God doesn't specifically say if it is sin or if it isn't sin, we need to take sin seriously as, as, mm-hmm. as seriously as God takes it. Yeah. And so, um, the specific verse that, 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 um, I was listening to about Brandon Robertson in a debate between John, uh, uh, Jeff Durbin and James White is he basically takes Leviticus eighteen twenty two, which I actually have right here. Um, it's a pretty short verse, but I, I do want to talk about it a little bit. Uh, verse eighteen twenty two, and so it says, um, "You should not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination." And so you have one line here, but the the whole of Leviticus eighteen is talking about these different sexual relationships that are that are sin that you should yeah. that you should abstain from, and just not just that, but that it's an abomination. And so Brandon Robertson kind of takes it and he breaks it down to be this. Um, it's out of context and it's, it, it doesn't apply today because it's not a, like we don't have these loving and caring relationships, you know, in these consensual relationships that are okay today. They didn't have those back then. And so he kind of takes it in this different kind of a context, but in that same fashion, going through all these other sexual relations that you shouldn't have where it's talking about different family members and being with an animal and uh, saying that it doesn't, that, that the, that saying the, that one thing doesn't apply means that everything doesn't exactly, apply, correct? Exactly. Yeah. And that's where and I think that's where he kind of twists it even to being re- applicable to polyamorous relationships with multiple people yeah. and how that's okay and that's holy because he even calls it holy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just this twisting of scripture and so I've noticed that a lot of his reasoning for what he believes is this long drawn out complex this complex um explanation. Yeah that just doesn't answer anything. It just leaves all these questions in gray areas. There's no objective moral truth to it. There's yeah, no it's, truth. It's, it's, it's like empty words, yes. but it's said in a complex tone so that people don't understand, but they accept it as true yes. because it fits, you know, what they want to believe. Exactly. Um, I've, I've particularly heard of Brandon Robertson yeah. and there was, uh, there was one thing where um, just, you know, just last week we did a podcast on, uh, Lazarus. Right. And um, there was actually a pretty viral TikTok that he did um, that was an interpretation of Lazarus. And the specific verse that he used from Lazarus to make his point was when Jesus said, uh, come out. Mm-hmm. And he was using that specific verse as a way to affirm um, the LGBTQ lifestyle. Yeah. Um, that, Coming out of the closet. Yeah, basically. that Jesus was basically tying Lazarus to come out of the closet. When right. I mean, if you look at the rest of the scripture, it's like uh, Jesus was 
resurrecting a man from the dead. How, yeah. how are you getting that? You know, exactly. like, yeah. like there, we have no prior context of who this man Lazarus is other than he is being raised from the dead. Right. So how would we know more about like his lifestyle or whatever? And yeah. like, why is this being applied this way and that way? Yeah. And it, it just like, uh, you know, when it comes down to brass tacks, it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's, there's multiple things throughout the gospel. I mean, the new Testament more than anything. And I think more than anything, it, 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 it does not affirm the LGBTQ lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, there's more verses in the new Testament than the old Testament that talk about homosexuality. Yeah. Um, and not really to down anybody. If you are, if you are fe- if you have homosexual attraction, like we're not saying like, Oh, you don't belong in the church. Like we want you in the church. Yeah. We want you in the church, but everybody has to realize at some point that we are not defining our, we are not defining the word by ourselves, but we are defining like the word, the word defines us. Mm -hmm. And that means that we follow. Yeah. Like we follow Jesus. We follow his word. We follow his truth. He is the way, the truth and the life. So anything that we want to do, anything that comes out of our carnal nature, um, just any sin in general that we want to pursue we really don't have that right to do that because we are following our creator. Mm-hmm. And that applies for any sin within the church. Yep. And it's interesting, though, as well, that, that Brandon Robertson specifically um, affirms uh, sexual sins more than anything, it seems mm-hmm. like. Because like that's such an interesting thing, that, that, because the devil works through that. Yeah. The devil works through the sexual sins because it's such a strong sin. Yeah. And it has to deal so much with your holiness. Mm-hmm. It has to do so much with the way that God created you. Yep. And if he's able to taint that, then he's able to twist and dement what God made good. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's so he interesting. Even, yeah. Brandon Robertson even brought up that porn is good. Um, just like, but he, the way that he framed it is that alcohol, it's like alcohol in the sense where it likes you, you can, you can drink alcohol and not get drunk and not allowed to be um, an addictive thing. And it's the same way with porn. And so he believes wow. that porn is, is, isn't actually bad. And actually working in the porn industry isn't bad is what he was talking wow. about. And yeah. And so there, there's, it's, and it's honestly sick that he's able to lead people in this and they follow it. And I, it's just, but, but, you know, to go back just like one step. So I was listening to uh, that debate between um, James White and Jeff Durbin. And I have issues with James White's theology on certain things because he's a Calvinist and I'm not particularly fond of Calvinist ideologies, but, but in their, in their debate, it's like after the whole thing is, after the whole thing is over, uh, uh, Brandon Robertson kind of leaves there, leaves that call. And James White says something is like at the beginning of his, of his ministry, I remember seeing Brandon Robertson as he was first started to emerge as a pastor. And he said one thing in one of his, in one of his sermons that, that made him know that he wasn't going to stay true to the faith, that he wasn't, that he wasn't going to stay true to the word. And, and it kind of culminated in this idea that Brandon Robertson knew that, that there was truth in the word and he had this lust of the flesh that he didn't know how to conquer. And what this kind of, what this, you know, what this birthed was this, was this ideology that now he preaches yeah. where it's this, where it's this kind of dissection of the word to fit his narrative because he doesn't know how to overcome the lust of the flesh and he doesn't. He can't separate himself from the truth of the word. Isn't that so weird? Yeah, I mean, but it's, but it's like it's it's so weird how how one can can get so. I mean, like because we all deal with sin. Yeah, but like as should, Christians, we're not defined by our sin. Yeah, 
Like we don't define ourselves, but like then when you when you feel so compelled because you're so trapped in sin yeah. that you're like, I don't know any other way. Yeah. So therefore I am this. Yeah. I am this that's 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 inside me. Mm-hmm. That's such a hard place to be in. Like for me to like think, you know, just how you know, how sorry I feel for somebody who feels trapped in that yeah. in that space. You know, because like that, that, that's really just, oh, that, that just feels like a weight, like on me, like just even thinking about it where you're just so trapped that you, that you, that you need to make a way for it to be right. You know, it's like, that's a heart crying out for God. Yes, it is. You know? Yes. But like, but then you get to the point where it's just clearly ignoring him. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, like, yeah, two sides. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, it's interesting just that. You were just talking about like homosexuality, and like it's, I, 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 I agree. We could, we love, we love people that are dealing with this. We have nothing against them as people. It's just something that like when you're talking about this thing that they identify with, they they create this identity out of it. It makes it really difficult to have a conversation about like what it's doing and and the just the morality and this having an entire, even talking about it in general, it makes it so difficult to do. But yeah. as you and I were talking, but just the other day where, where it, it all comes down to, to this lust. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I actually don't think it's any different than like dealing with, with being attracted to somebody of the same sex. I don't think it's any different than porn. Yeah. It's, it's just lust. And so I, you know, I'm and struggling in my own addictions and my own, my own issues. I'm no different than all these other sinners that are around me. It's just yeah. such a difficult topic because, because I don't identify with that. Yeah. It's, I, I think there is, there is some nuance to that though. Mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit more that goes behind it because it deals with, it deals with like where your attraction is. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, and, and I, I you know, I've had a lot of conversations, you know, and I don't want to like turn this whole entire episode into um, just talking about homosexuality because yeah. that's not what it's about. It's yeah. about, it's about, uh, people interpreting in a word the word to fit their own narrative yeah um but with that being said um the the lgbtq attraction is just so much it, it, it's it's different it's different in a way it, it it does have to deal with with lust mm-hmm. but like through my conversations with people who struggle with that on a daily basis it's like it's changing my my, my perception is changing because i it's it has to deal with who you're attracted to, not like, like, because one can't like simply like, yeah, Jesus has to do work within them. But like to have that attraction, like, I don't even know how that's like, I don't even know how hard that is. Yeah. But like, you know, I have my own struggles, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't know how to clearly articulate it in a way that just like, I agree. Yeah. I'm I'm in the same. So, I mean, like, like if you struggle, turn to the word. Like turn to God. Like me and me and Mike were having a conversation today, and it's like the only way that you are going to achieve freedom, achieve victory, is if you stop running from God and that you turn to Him. It's like you you, you receive so much when you turn to Christ. You you receive so much when you turn to Him and and lay your burdens on Him. And it's not going to happen right away, but you know you are committing to God. I mean, I think that's the same way that we should read the word. Mm-hmm. You know, we should be in there. We should be, be, be being defined by the word, Yeah. you know, rather than 
being the one that defines the word. Yeah. I completely agree. So, yeah. I think there's there's a there's a interesting piece because like one thing that people bring up is like, oh, this is like the first time in history that this has happened. We are like we are brand new, right? We're the we're the modern race. We are the modern race of humans that know so much more than our our ancient counterparts, Middle Ages counterparts, whatever, whatever time period you want to go to. But there was people back in the day that, well, in, in antiquity, that were dealing with the same things right. that the church is dealing with now. Right. Now, these people were called the Gnostics. And these people would take the word, they would take, uh, they would take Jesus and they would put him on a pedestal, right? But the, yet, yet, they would use the word to define their own meaning. Um, they believed that they could get to a place where they would be elevated to the position of God. Yeah. And that their interpretation was based on the self. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because, like, it hasn't... It, it, it's happened before. It's happened before. And the fact that people think, oh, this is a new thing. This is this is something that that is brand new. It's just wild, you know? Yeah. Um, it's definitely something to look into. I read a, what was that? It was a good book by Mark Sayers. Um, and it was talking about, uh, about Gnosticism, modern Gnosticism, really good book. We're probably going to do a, um, a podcast just on that book, um, with, uh, another person, uh, but we'll have to wait to get another mic on that. So, um, but yeah, it's super interesting yeah. that we're experiencing, like, this isn't something new. Yeah. We've experienced this before in the church, and we've had to deal with the same problems in the church. So, with that being said, the church is well-equipped to deal with this, mm-hmm. as long as we rely on Jesus, right? Yeah. So, there yeah, is hope. There is hope within the culture that Jesus will deal with this. It's just, it's, it's, it's not a matter of if, but when, mm-hmm. you know? So... Yeah, this, this entire idea of Gnosticism, it's actually pretty prevalent in a lot of different different religions actually when you start to break down what they what they actually believe you know like some of the mormons believe that you become god and mm-hmm. jehovah's witnesses and now i actually believe that this progressive christianity is is this is ex- the exact same thing where it's you are becoming god by defining what is right and wrong yeah and defining what 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 your truth is because it's a constant thing that you'll hear mm-hmm. when the, when they're when they're speaking is this is my truth and, yeah and um What's interesting is this is the exact same deception that 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 the serpent had in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. You'll be like God if you eat of the of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why is it that that specifically, you know, is like something that that tempts us so much it, to to well, put ourselves the, the, into the position of God? The tempter, that the one behind the temptation, mm-hmm. is the one that wants to be like God. Yeah. And so when we're following his inclinations and we're following his little his little breadcrumbs to whatever he's leading us to, yeah, it's it's the root of that is wanting to be God. That's so interesting. Yeah, it is. It, yeah, but it's, it's the same tempter throughout history. And so <sighs> that's so interesting because just like we're buying into Bab- the lies. Yes, exactly. We're buying into lies and then we're being led by him. Yes, exactly. Wow, dude, that's and crazy. same with the Tower of Babel where they want to become gods. Yeah, they build this tower to up to the heavens. Mm-hmm. God's like, no, again, I'm going to tear it down. Like, I don't know what you guys are doing, you know, spread you out all over the place. Maybe you won't come together and do that again. But it's, it's, I, I, I just can't help. Like we were talking about with the blind man 
born blind and having mm-hmm. your eyes opened and like when you view the world through the lens that the Bible is telling and the story and the history that the, the that these things are just repeating and mm-hmm. we're dealing with the same enemy that that they dealt with in the New Testament, same devil that they were uh, up against in the Old Testament. It's just the same enemy, just different masks and and like it's really interesting just kind of looking at the world through this lens where it's like even even the seculars want to be god yeah the 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 naturalists and these outspoken evolutionists like mm-hmm. uh you know Dawkins and Hitchens they want to be god because if there is no god they define morality yeah and and i heard today i was listening to a a, a um an interesting uh it was a short clip between john lennox and this other I don't actually remember the guy's name. I've been spitting off a lot of names right now. So, but one <laughs> of the things the guy says is uh, one of one of the things that the atheist says in this video is is what comfort is there in going to atheism? Why would people turn to atheism? Mm-hmm. And John Lennox says it's the comfort of knowing that you don't need to meet. You're not going to meet God. That is the comfort of turning to atheism. You don't have to answer for what you for what the things you've done in this life. Mm-hmm. And that right there is is this interesting piece where you have these seculars that are using using the face of science to to uh, be this. They're basically saying that they don't believe in God because it's not proven through science. It's mm-hmm. like just this the face of what they believe in. But it, they have just yeah. as much faith as everybody else. Mm-hmm. They have to have more faith to believe that that this started from a random chance. Yeah, uh, and, and and like we have, there are like fifteen parts to the starting of life. Mm-hmm. that we have no idea how to even start. Like we, when we're doing this in a lab and, and they're saying that all 15 of these parts came together by random chance out in the cosmos and, and you know, their, their soup, uh, <laughs> you know, analogy. And it's like, even if it was soup, some of the stuff that's going on there, you're talking crazy astronomical numbers that would take way too long to, Oh yeah. It's just, it's just crazy to me. Yeah. But anyways, sorry, I digress. <laughs> I, I wasn't, I didn't mean to talk about, you know, evolution stuff, but it's the same all I'm trying to say is it's the same enemy working behind these things mm-hmm. and the same temptations and and calling it out for what it is, which is why I don't believe in the Mormon church and why I don't believe the Jehovah's Witnesses. I believe in the word of God. It's yeah. just so plain as day to me. Yeah. And so I just pray that God opens the eyes of, of the people in their congregations, that these progressive Christians, that, that they that God through his Holy Spirit would open their eyes and lead them in all truth, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be misled by this. It's just... Anyways, yeah, you know, like <laughs> it's 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 frustrating for me because I can see it, you know, yeah, and I can see it for what it is. But so essentially, what it is is, is what progressive Christianity is is like they're they're allowing scripture to be up to their own interpretation. Yes. Now, there's actually two 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 types of interpretation that are that are widely just the the methods of of going through the Bible, um, creating a message, creating a word, um, you know writing up a a uh, commentary yeah you know on on the word just basically developing a, a a greater knowledge of the word and the two are exegesis versus eisegesis right. um now what you can do through exegesis is 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 way more powerful way more powerful than eisegesis but eisegesis is like something if god is clearly calling you to to go to different scriptures, different words, whatever, to articulate the message that God is speaking to you about. Um, but I would definitely lean on uh, exegesis more than um, eisegesis. Yeah. And that's what we do through the podcast. Yeah, We let the word define the word. Yeah, 
right? Mm -hmm. So that's essentially what exegesis is. We go to the word, and then we try to extract the meaning of what the word is. Now, eisegesis is much more tricky. You go to a specific verse, and you kind of... I don't know if everybody who uses this, this format does this, but you go to a verse and you kind of pull that out without prior context. Now, I don't know if everybody excludes prior context, but you can do that with multiple multiple verses and then prove your point or make a sermon yeah. or all of these different things. Yeah, now, I, I've, I can give an example of that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did a message for the youth group on a Wednesday and I used Jesus with different different specific scriptures mm-hmm. um and that took i said jesus because i was taking it all throughout the new testament different pieces out of the new testament to kind of sum up exactly what i was trying to say and i ended with like matthew six i think it's matthew six mm-hmm. uh do not worry it's matthew six uh i don't remember i'd have to go <laughs> find, i'd have to find it but basically i'm just saying that like i said jesus can be used i think topical Topical, like topical message where you're trying to articulate a point that God has put on your heart. Yeah. Um, now, uh, I feel I, I see uh, much more often than not that that progressive pastors or pastors that um, use eisegesis yeah. um, and only go to a couple of verses are much more likely to misinterpret the word than those who use eisegesis, but they go to multiple different spots in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much more safe to go to multiple different spots because it's basically you're cross-referencing Scripture. With Scripture. To, with scripture. Yeah. You're using Scripture to define Scripture. Yeah. Um, even with eisegesis, even with, with, with topical sermons, you're, you're, trying, you're, you're proving a point, but a point that Scripture backs. Yeah. Um, now, what you find with the progressive Christianity and just Christianity that doesn't doesn't define the word by the word um, is that they use a couple of verses and they let the verses prove their point, not the point that's underlying in the scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like things like with Brandon Robertson and the Lazarus scenario, that was eisegesis, and he was using it to perform to to to. Uh, convey a point that he'd already preconceived. Like yes. it was, it was his bias that, that, that brought yes. that point about. And that doesn't mean just so we're clear, this isn't the, like that was not talking about that at that all. That was not like, talking. That wasn't it was the message at all. And you know, like it was, it was so, it was so comical that people started making memes about it. Yeah. You know, it was like, what are you even talking about? Like everybody, like, um, I would say most people who grew up in the church know the story of Lazarus because it's so profound. Yes. It's a person being raised from the dead, right? Yes. And it's, it, it's, it's what Jesus has come to do uh, as, 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 as the guy sent down to be crucified on the cross. He was going to be resurrected. Yeah. Um, so that's probably something that you've heard. If you grew up in the church, you probably heard it in Sunday school. So to think that, that Brendan Robertson was going to be able to—we're we're using his name a lot— Man, God bless him. I just ask that you would just come over him and just be uh, the the sole ruler of his life, Lord. Um, but I just it, with with that specific case, it's like it was comical because too many people just knew that wasn't the context of the scripture. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to bring to bring to light um, just one thing before yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we go down. So in Revelation. It, it gives the seven churches, the seven churches uh, of, of of Revelation, and and it, it's John writing to, uh, well, 
it's his vision, but it's it's his writing to his his letters to the seven churches. Mm-hmm. Now these churches are all located in modern day Turkey. Uh, I actually want to go on a trip there so I can see all of the all of the churches. But mm-hmm. um, specifically, we're going to turn to the last church, which which is the church of Laodicea, um, and we're going to use one verse um, uh, that is pretty interesting um, because he's writing specifically to the Laodicean church. And the reason why he brings this up is, is, is because the Laodiceans would know exactly what this meant. Mm -hmm. Um, So verse 15, um, it says, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So because of, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Yeah. So it's super interesting. So there was two cities, right? Colossae and Hierophania? Uh, Hierapolis. Hierapolis. Um, And uh, one city was notoriously known for having hot springs. Now that was Hierapolis. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the uh, other city, Colossae, uh, was known for having uh, clay pipes. Now. Cold, uh, with cold water. With cold water. water. Yeah. So. Laodicea was in between these two cities, and both of these cities would provide water from both places. Now, when they converged upon one another, the water would be lukewarm. You're getting one from a hot spring and then another cold water. So this converging of water essentially made the water useless for somebody to drink. It didn't refresh somebody. Mm-hmm. Now, why am, I, why am I using this? I'm using these specific verses in this specific context because it paints a picture of the church that is progressive. When you are defining the word, when you are defining the word by culture and by your own bias, you are taking the good of the word, the, the you could say... The truth. Yeah. The, you're taking the you're truth taking, out of the word. You're taking the yeah. cold yeah. and the hot, and you're melding that with your own bias, yeah. essentially making it worthless. Yes, exactly. You're making the word of God worthless. Yes. You know, and James, like, there's this really, like, as a, as a youth pastor, I, there is this, there's this verse in James that makes you feel just like, oh my gosh, there is weight behind everything that I say. Yes. And it's, a, it, he, he's saying that um, in James, uh, I forgot the verse. We should just go to it. Let's go to it. Yeah. Um, I have trouble finding it. Yeah, me too. Me too. But basically the Yeah, the essential the, the essential thing is that um that James is saying that the the teachers we will be held to a higher standard. Right. Now, if you are in effect using your bias and you're making the word of God lose its salt, mm-hmm. you're gonna be held to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. Now, that's something that you have to hold as truth, and you have to hold it dear, and you have to be careful about your interpretation of the word and like how your, your own bias can affect your interpretation, and especially if you're giving it to other people. Yeah. 
and leading them astray yes. by your misinterpretation, there is a higher penalty. There's a judgment for that, yeah. right? Um, I just uh, really quick, it's just this this whole idea that that the water isn't refreshing. It's like you have hurting and broken people that are looking for hope, mm-hmm. and and what you're giving them. Like what they're looking for is freedom. Yeah. And freedom from this that gar- refreshing yes, and, freedom. And, and so when they come to you and you're just giving them the, oh, don't worry about it. It's just your truth. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, we all have God's DNA in us and there's just some of the jargon that that's, that's being spit and there's no truth and there's no backing for it. There's no foundation for it. Mm-hmm. And they have, it's, it's just as sh- it's the, the ground that they're walking onto is just as shaky as the ground that they were coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, it's, it's, it, it really is a picture of the Laodicean church. It's just this lukewarm church where it's, what good is it? Mm-hmm. It's no different than the rest of the world because there, there's, there's no separation between them and the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Like they are identifying with the culture of today instead of being against the world. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. So one thing that I would like to bring to light, which is, which is very in line with this, this progressive, I like, I would say even an ideology um, is is the Unitarian theology or universalism, as most people call it. And essentially what it is, is people believe that you can acquire knowledge, you can acquire all of these different things, these truths or whatever, and it can lead you to salvation. So you can be a Muslim and you can find... Uh, you can find truth in that, and you can you can be a Buddhist. You you can find truth in that, and you know all of these different people and different religions can be saved uh, essentially because they are finding finding truth. Now, it is quite clear in the New Testament what the requirement is, what the prerequisite is um, for salvation, and that is to believe in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. No one can come to the Father except by way of the name of Jesus. So to exclude that scripture and to believe that that is truth is totally contrary to everything that this, that this word holds so dear to. Mm-hmm. To believe that you can, like, like Jesus, like everybody knows this, Jesus died for our sins. If you don't know that Jesus died for your sins, how could you accept what he has given you by dying for your sins. Exactly. Doesn't make sense. Exactly. Well, and, and this is this is an image that keeps coming up to me is just what this progressive church is painting is this picture of this diluted, very gray, not serious kind of sin, which makes what Jesus did on the cross so much less valuable yeah. when they don't identify with the sin that's actually going on in their life. Yeah. And and, and I attribute it to their teachers, not 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 having a groundwork for morality yeah. and an objective truth to morality. They have no standard for mm-hmm. it. And so it's, it's Jesus's grace that he gives us is mm-hmm. so valuable and it's, it's so free. Salvation is free. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a free gift that all you have to do is believe we are saved by grace through faith. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the, that is the prerequisite. That is the only thing you need is to believe in the name of Jesus. That, that is what saves you. And I just, it's, it, it hurts me that that people would take that grace and 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 defile it so much because of the way that they view their sin. Yeah. It's just such a dis- like it's just it's just fear of the Lord is mm-hmm. to hate sin. Mm-hmm. And so where I try to frame myself is 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 walking with like a 
a weary foot in, in every direction that I'm going. Like, is this sin or is this not sin? And wanting mm-hmm. to walk correctly because well, it's discernment, yeah, and it's dis- given yeah. by this. It's given by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, if you can't walk in a way that you're discerning the sin that is so clearly stated in this in this in this text, yeah. you know, um, then you're not. <laughs> are you walking in step with God? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, now, one thing that we were talking about a little bit earlier that I kind of want to get into is um, just the kind of aversion um, from uh, Brandon Robertson and contemporaries of of him and and fellow peers, their aversion to the teachings of Paul. Yeah. Now, Paul, if you don't know, has comprised most of the epistles, most of the writing of the New Testament. Yeah. So he has most, like, like Paul is the forefront leader of what the church should look like. He has all of the writings of what the church should look like because he has all of the writings on essentially what the churches should be doing. Yeah. You know, all of these churches, Romans, uh, the church of Corinth, the church of Colossae, Mm -hmm. the church of Galatia, Mm -hmm. the church of uh, 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 Crete, the church, um, what else? Uh, uh, Philippi, um, Ephesus. Yeah. All of these churches he has written to. We wouldn't know what it is to be the church if we didn't have his writings. Yeah. Um, so the fact that there is an aversion to that, yeah. the aversion to somebody who essentially, with, with the inspiration of God, mm-hmm. has set up the church, mm-hmm. how would you know what it is to be the church? Exactly. Well, and that's the thing. They, they paint Paul with a picture or with a with a brush that says that he's misogynistic and homophobic. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just how they. And so because of that, they're allowed to they allow themselves to start cutting these things out of Scripture. And my question to them is, if you can start cu- cutting these parts of Scripture that you just don't like mm-hmm. out of it, why can't you cut all of it out? Why can't you cut any any piece that you don't like out of it? Well, that's exactly what they believe, which is where they come up with these barbaric you know, ideologies. They can yeah. cut anything that they want out of it because they didn't like the the person that was writing it. And yeah. so, um, and this, at the very beginning, I talked about how um, the Old Testament is talking about that time period's um, relationship with God. Then you have the New Testament, which is their relationship with God. Now we have our walk today. And so it's kind of this evolving thing that, that that will change over time depending on on culture and what we believe and that's 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 contrary so yeah, contrary yeah. When we were talking about it earlier yeah. like it says that i am the same yesterday today yeah. and forever yeah. god doesn't evolve because he is pre-existent of time yeah he precedes time yeah he is <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so God, God, our creator, does not need to evolve. His word does not evolve because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. And so actually on this, on the same note where it's kind of this misconception of who God is, and mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've listened to a couple different, different um, messages that, that a couple different, this isn't just Brandon Robertson, but they've talked about the, the garden and yeah. how God was the one deceiving not not and the serpent was actually the one that was leading them to the way that they should go and how wow. and then you also have the 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 whole um the woman that Jesus calls a dog basically and they said that Jesus is a racist and so they start calling out these these quote unquote flaws of God and quote and and, and flaws of Jesus 
and how Jesus learned from these things. And so they're totally taking the deity and the the power and the glory and the honor out of who they are mm-hmm. by 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 elevating themselves. So they elevate the woman that he calls a dog mm-hmm. and they and they drag Jesus's name down. Yeah. And that's what they're 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 trying to elevate themselves to that exact same thing of the gnosticism that we were just talking about mm-hmm. just a bit ago where it's it's such an evil picture of of just this this bashing of God's name. It's twisted. It is twisted. It's, it's, it's that's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. It's it's just it's sick. I don't know. It's sick to me. I like it just I yeah. just ugh. Well, and and the thing is is like what what we were talking about too with just like tearing apart God's word to make it fit um whatever you believe. I, I just can't see if I was put in that position where I was like, okay, I'm going to take apart the Bible for for my own benefit, right? And it's because I believe it should be this way. Mm-hmm. Um, that wouldn't give me a lot of confidence to stand on the word that that's there. Exactly. Like, what's where's the authority behind it exactly. if I can change it? Right. You know, right. and that that actually produces a lot of doubt and a lot of anxiety because then all of like like I was talking to a friend who um, is struggling um, with with faith. And essentially what she, what, what the person was talking to me about was just, um, their walk, their walk away from the church and just how they, um, they, uh, spend a little bit of time away from God and how much pressure that put on them Exactly. Yeah. because they had to define their own life. They had to define their own morals. They had to, um, say what is right and wrong mm-hmm. and how much pressure that puts on you. Mm-hmm. Now, what you're doing when you are taking bits and pieces from the Bible and you're cutting it out is you are putting the pressure on you to be your own God. If you're the one who is able to pick and choose the word of God, then you are the one who is responsible for your own salvation. Mm-hmm. Now, ain't that ain't that a little bit funny, you know? It, because it's, it's something that that isn't new. You know, you see the Pharisees trying to be responsible for their own salvation. That was the message that they were preaching. You are able to be saved by your own works. Mm-hmm. Now you're doing the same thing here when you're cutting out scripture. You are able to be saved by your own works. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah. Because then you get to see, you start to look at, okay, this is how the devil works. This is his strategy. This is this is what he does. Yeah. And what he does is twist like we've been talking about before. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. Yeah. And it's it's when you compromise one thing, the whole entire the rest of the thing falls. Yeah. It's Just like, like oh, sorry. it's like, you know, the 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 colloquialism, you know, um you're only as strong as your weakest link. Hmm. You know? Yeah. If you remove that link, the link the the chain is useless. Hmm. Right? That's, yeah, right. That's so, true. Yeah. It's an interesting, uh, just one little snippet here where this kind of idea of God like evolving over time and changing in the way he interacts with people. Mm-hmm. How do you know that he wouldn't, if, if that's if that's truly what you believe, how can you stand strong on his faithfulness? How do you know that he won't be, that he's going to turn on you or that he's, you know, whatever whatever that, that ideology is where it's, if this is evolving, how do you know that God's going to be faithful to you tomorrow? Yeah. How do you know that he's going to be faithful to you in three days? Like, wow. how, can you re- how can you really stand on that as, as, as a firm foundation, as something that you can base your life on when it's, when it's a fluid thing and it's changing every single day? Yeah. 
You can't. That's that's crazy. <laughs> you can't. That's crazy, dude. It's 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 an interesting picture. Yeah. I just I'm can't confident. imagine. I'm confident in my yeah. God because when I read the Old Testament, I know that God is going to come through just like he did for all the prophets and the and and David and all of the uh, Daniel, just like he came through for them. He, I know he's going to come through for me. Mm-hmm. He can close the mouths of the lions. He can help me to fight Goliath in, in, in a miraculous way. And he, that's, that's my God. Yeah. And he's not going to change. Yeah. And in the same fashion where, where, where the, 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 the apostles have been sent out and now they're going to proclaim the word with the power of the Holy Spirit behind them. I know God is going to come through in the, the exact same way for me mm-hmm. as he did for them. Mm-hmm. And that's my confidence. And he's not going to change today. He's not going to change tomorrow. And he's definitely didn't change at any point behind me. Yeah. He's going to be the same forever. And that's my confidence. Yeah. And I have confidence in the word that I can stand, st- st- you know, stand on this and not be afraid that it's going to fall before me. And yeah. Just like the wise and the foolish builder. I'm building my life on a firm foundation and following what Jesus tells me to do. That's, and I, I don't have to question it. I don't have to worry about it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's my confidence. See, and that's, that's our hope. Yeah. Because like when we're talking about this, you know, it can seem bleak because I would say there's, there's a lot of people who are, are following, falling into this, this, this theology, this, this way of thinking, right. right? But that's our hope. That is the antidote to all of this chaos is that we have the word. We have the ability to, to show these people, okay, this is what the word says. We are able to minister to these people and, and come to them in love and 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 be accountable with one another, right? Yeah. To the word. Such a cool thing. Yeah. Because because that's our hope. We have the ability to help in this process because we are we are the sent. We are the called. We are the people who are working hand in hand with Christ. Right. So we're able to minister to these people who are just misled. Yeah. Deceived. Deceived. Yeah. 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 That's kind of all I have, honestly, for, Same. for a lot of this. I mean, honestly, like just some of the topics that they bring up, you could literally dissect and probably talk about for hours. If, if you if you spent enough time on the specific things that they bring up and all the different scriptures that do relate to those things. And so this mm-hmm. is kind of like I would just I think what at least what my, I was trying to portray. And I think you could probably get on board with it is just you're just kind of laying out as much as we can on it and mm-hmm. kind of trying to tackle it as we know how to. Yeah. Um, there, there's a ton more that you could go into yeah. and you could go into, um, you know, the subtle, like we, we kind of went after the just overtly progressive Christianity yeah. and just all of that stuff. Yes. Exactly. But you could, you could go over just like, you know, um, just the subtle, the subtle progressive Christianity and mm-hmm. all of that stuff that in that entails. Um, but yeah, I think we covered what we needed to cover. Yeah. I agree. Um the, the point of this episode. We we wanted to do an episode where we were we were going into culture because this is definitely that's something that um is a part of the culture of the church in America. Yeah. Um but we wanted to do this so that it would give an, a better understanding of just like how to interpret the word. Yeah. The word interprets the word. That's how you always want to be. You always want to let the word interpret the yeah. word. Just be weary. You know, having sound doctrine is very important. We've talked about this before. Like it shouldn't be like, just like the Pharisees, it shouldn't be everything. Doctrine shouldn't be everything in your walk. You should be having a personal 
relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus and walking with him and spending time with him. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's crucial, but, but good sound doctrine is crucial. It, it really is. And understanding the word. And so when people come up to you and they have mm-hmm. these questions or you're evangelizing to somebody and you don't know exactly know the answer, like you need to get into the word, find mm-hmm. out, let the word define the word Yeah, and, and really, um, allow it to speak for itself. Like don't, you don't have to come up with the answers for it. Like yeah. allow the word to define itself when you're evangelizing and sharing these things with people. I guess mm-hmm. a part of another piece of what we're kind of trying to bring to the table is just what questions could you come up with? Like we're both uh, Brayton's the, the youth pastor. I'm just a youth leader. What like you are, have no idea what questions your youth or your congregation or people around you are going to come up to you about. And so I think it would probably be a good idea just like, Hey, there's this, there's this progressive Christianity thing that's kind of floating out there right now. And it's kind of, and it's, it has actually been, been around for a really long time. Yeah. But on that, on that same note, it's just preparing yourself for like the possibility of, of running into these questions and, and tackling them yourself. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I think we just kind of wanted to paint a little bit of a picture. And so if you guys are interested in in this, I, I implore you to look this up and, you know, yeah, look into this, like really, and, and trying to try to defend your faith, ask the questions that you want to ask. Like you should be, we are, we don't want people to be scared to ask questions. Yes. That is integral, integral to your faith. Yeah. If you don't ask questions, that's where you're going to fall away. Yeah. And I think that's a common misconception that Christians have. Um, because I mean, when you're young, it's like, if your parents don't have all the answers, then you're just like, Oh, I'm not going to ask that question because I'm scared of what the answer might be. But the confidence that we have is that all things, all things, well, all things can be answered through the word of God Mm -hmm. and through just relying on Jesus to give us the answers. If there's, if there's a gray area, then there's like, there's, there, there's, there's quite a few gray areas and there's some things that really don't matter if we know or not. And, and there's some things that we just will never understand because they're far outside of our perception. Yeah. Um, I, I, that I do agree with. At, at the, but at the same time, there is an idea that, that, that has arisen in, in Romans where he's talking about sinning against yourself where there, mm-hmm. there is a gray area, but in your conscience, you know that you shouldn't be doing something. Yeah. And you do it anyways, that is sin. Yeah. And so even if it doesn't directly say it in the Bible that that this thing is that this specific for example, if like being on your phone, like the, the Bible's never gonna talk about being on your phone because their phones weren't around at that time. But in your heart, if you're if you're in your conscience, you know that that like I shouldn't be on my phone for more than this amount of time and you go past that. That is sin. You're sinning against yourself. Mm-hmm. And so there is in some of the gray area there the Bible allows for um the gray area to kind of be um Filled in by the Holy Spirit. Yes, exactly. The conviction of the Holy Spirit, right. Yeah. But keep on asking questions. Keep on asking questions and search intently for the answers. Mm -hmm. Because I promise you, throughout this this weird couple of years, because I, I, I took a little... You know, if you if you know my story already, I took a while where I was away from church because I I didn't know all the answers and I wanted answers, but I just wasn't willing to find them. Right. But then when I came back to the church, I started I started earnestly seeking. Um, when you earnestly seek for answer answers, you will find. Mm-hmm. You know, so for all of you that might have been discouraged in your walk before and are just like, I don't know, I don't know everything, um, but I want to know. Go and seek. Go and seek. Go ask questions. Ask your pastor questions. Ask people in your church that are knowledgeable in scripture questions. Seek and you will find. Mm -hmm. Knock and the door will be opened. Go for it. 
go for it and look for answers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I, I think that's all we had for today. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, Nathan, you want to pray us out and then yeah. we'll just close this thing up. Lord, I just thank you for thank you for this day. I just thank you for this um, this time that we get to kind of freely talk about some of the stuff that's been going on in culture today. I just pray that you would, you know, give revelation to some of these people that are that are dealing with this ideology and that are deceived, God. I just pray that you would lead them in all truth um, through your spirit, God. And uh, I just want to pray for the listeners right now that they would be led closer to you and filled with the hunger for your word and that they would just dive in and want to learn about you and know about you and that you would open their eyes to all the things that you're doing in their lives. And I just pray for your grace over them, God, and their families and all the changes that are going on in the world, God, that you would just be with them and, and allow them to know that they are that they are seen and that they are loved and that they are that you are faithfully walking with them. And so I just pray that as we uh, as we move forward with our podcast, God, that you would just kind of lead us in the topics that we want to that we want to talk about, God. That you would that you would lead us in the direction that you, sorry that you that you would lead us in the direction that you want us to talk about. And so with that, I'm just going to lift it up to you, God. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that was episode 11. Um, if you want to ask questions, give us topics. Um, for our podcast or whatever, you can do that by either emailing us at talkingbiblepodcast at gmail.com or you can go on our Facebook and you can find us at Talking Bible Podcast on Facebook. Um, now, if you want to support us, we would love prayer, um, but there's also a support the show uh, button where it is a subscription service. Um, now that will help us pay for our production costs with, um, the mics and, um, just all of that stuff, um, just providing us better production. So we are able to, uh, do more for you guys. Um, other than that, I think we post, huh? we post. We post every Friday at 5am. Uh, and then our bonus episodes are post are posted at on Wednesday at 5am as well. Um, now we post our bonus episodes, uh, not frequently, not frequently. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but we might, we might have one in the near future. Yeah. We'll see. Um, our next episode I think is going to be on, um, Pharisees, not the Pharisees. Oh, okay. I think we're going to do the opposite of, of progressivism and we're going to do legalism. Okay. Yeah. I'm down for it. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting. Um, but yeah, that's it. I hope you guys have a blessed week and uh, yeah, stay tuned.